Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, and welcome back to our latest installment of Eye for an Eye. We are your hosts, Julia, Lisa, and Matt, and we are here to determine whether the punishment, or lack thereof, fits the crime. Due to the graphic nature of some of the topics we will be touching on, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. We are here with our lovely co-hostesses and our lovely co-hostess guest today, talking more about the Duggar case. Josh Duggar, if you were here for the first part, you heard us talk a little bit about this fundamentalist Christian family from Arkansas and some of their, the word we keep coming back to is unique ideologies and beliefs flash forward five years 2008 october josh's engagement to a woman named anna keller was highlighted on an episode of 17 kids and counting over the next few years josh's marriage and the birth of his first three children were featured prominently as storylines on the show this guy's a main character in his family's story obviously he's the oldest i mean he's he's probably the banner carrier for their belief system. Josh and his wife actually went on to have seven children of their own, got their own spinoff show, which we previously mentioned, Counting On, as a result of their contributions to the family and the show. Can I say just like a quick clarification? The show Counting On was started after these allegations came out and it featured Josh's wife, but not him. She was still very heavily featured in it. But... Their original show, 19 Kids and Counting, got canceled because of everything that happened with him. And then they were like, well, we can probably still make some money off of this family. And so they gave them a new show that was less focused on the family as a whole and more focused on the oldest daughters and their life because that's kind of who people seem to be the most interested in. Josh was not on that show but they do talk about him and what happened pretty extensively and his wife and kids continue to be featured on it this was then josh had already been accused at that point and that was when 19 kids and counting was canceled yes his two scandals which were everything that came out about him uh, molesting his sisters there were also allegations about him molesting a, a babysitter for the family. He also had a scandal come out that I'm sure you'll get to, but essentially that he was using a dating website to cheat on his wife. These scandals came out not very far apart from each other and resulted in the show being canceled. Shortly after they started this new show that was just kind of minus the people who the backlash was against, which was Josh, Jim Bob, and Michelle. Wow. There's just so many people to keep track of. I'm honestly losing track. His wife, Anna, is she's still considered a major prominent figure in the family then, correct? She's still famous and has her own spinoff show, right? Even though he's now been accused of all these things and found me fucking 
weirdo. She was really heavily featured early on in Counting On. They even talk about he was receiving treatment at an inpatient Christian facility. They even show her getting dressed to go and visit him. It asks, very frankly, about how she's doing with everything. She's very, very heavily featured in the early seasons of the show. Then it seemed like she was kind of on it a little bit less. And then eventually, when the most recent allegations came out about him, she seemed to be off of it. She wasn't necessarily completely never shown, but she just wasn't heavily featured anymore. I, I honestly, if I'm her, I would try and divorce myself as far from all this as possible. But credit to her for still being a mother, taking her responsibilities with her, despite what's going on with her husband. One thing that there's a lot of debate about whether or not she should get a divorce. And we can get into it later and whether or not she is a good parent by having allowed her husband to continue to be around their children. Not going to be a dick, but I was kind of questioning that too. I'm like, at what point do you kind of say, okay, I'm out of here. I'm not dealing with this guy anymore. Yeah. I mean, they say over and over again, God hates divorce. I guess they technically sort of allow for divorce in their belief system, but it's very shamed. My question is, is when they were going to say it's time to protect the kids, not it's time for a divorce, fuck divorce, who cares about divorce, but like, when are you going to get your kids out of that situation when he's very clearly molesting all these damn people all over the place? Why aren't the kids coming before the, whatever the Bible says about marriage? She thinks that he's innocent as far as everything that she's ever said. Every indication is that she thinks that he did not do this and that they are taught that everybody hates good Christians and is constantly trying to attack their way of life. And so it wasn't, I'm sure, a hard sell for her to think that he's being framed for this or he's been forgiven by God. It's funny because people hate Christians and whatever because of this, not not because of them being God-fearing individuals. It's because the history of sexual abuse, especially of minors. I totally understand what you're saying is that she, I feel like they're all delusional. I feel like the whole family lives in a delusional world, especially when his sisters came forward on an interview and said, hey, we were molested by our brother. It, it, it seemed like everybody was like, oh, okay, bye. His own sisters accused him of this? If it's something where it's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely a little weird, but we don't really have anything to back that up other than the alleged accusation of some person who might be trying to diminish our family and make us look bad because they're jealous or they don't share the same belief systems. But it was his own family, man. Multiple women in his own family accused him. And then, I mean, granted, I've seen people stick by their spouses through thick and thin and some stupid bullshit. But at what point do you think it's like, damn, we should probably make some note of this. This guy might actually be something a little different than what we perceived him to be. He's not the God-fearing family man that everybody thought he was. Now, again, 
not all of this had come to light. So we, we have to say that like back when all of this was still being determined, doesn't mean necessarily that they had all the information. So we do have to say that, but it all kind of came to a head in May of 2015. There you go, Lee. It's always something to do with May. Always without fail. In Touch Magazine published a bombshell report on the 2006 police incident file that detailed a little bit about the molestation accusations against Josh alleged by his sisters. There was a 2006 police report filed about what happened in 0203 where he originally got sent. All these events, as Kate said, occurred prior to the beginning of the TLC series. So we don't necessarily know exactly what happened or how they missed that, but they missed that. The allegations were never fully investigated and the statute of limitations had expired. Now, we've talked a little bit about the statute of limitations on this show before, but basically what that says is that every crime has its own statute of limitations under which can be prosecuted. They can't come back and hit you in 20 years with, hey, didn't you rob old man Johnson's liquor store back in 2020 or, or 2002? It's 2022 right now. You can't come back and say, yeah, I did rob his liquor store. I can't, you can't do shit about it because the statute of limitations is up. Certain crimes, however, do not have a statute of limitations. Murder being the obvious one. We talked about double jeopardy. Statute of limitations on certain crimes does not run out. But for this, these allegations, unfortunately, could not be prosecuted further. On May 22nd, 2015, after this has all come to light, that In Touch article was released. TLC removed all reruns of 19 and counting that were previously set to air from its current airing schedule. Along with the statement, we are deeply saddened and troubled by this heartbreaking situation and our thoughts and prayers are with the family and victims at this difficult time. Josh, along with his wife and parents and siblings, responded to the revelation that was basically outed him in this magazine. Josh apologized, stating that he had, quote, acted inexcusably. Yeah. His wife, Anna, stated that she knew about Josh's actions two years before she married him and believed that the counseling he received after the incidents changed his life, which he did, as we said, go see the local church. He talked to a cop. I mean, he went through some angst because of this but not nearly enough to say that he should be in any way vindicated i mean i don't think that's fair to say but the duggars described this period a uh, dark time in their life and said that it caused the family to seek god like never before well, i hope he found some some words for y'all on july 16th 2015 discovery communications the parent company of tlc confirmed to CNN that the show was officially canceled and that all further production would be ceased. In the wake of these allegations, the network announced that it would produce a one-hour commercial-free documentary special on child abuse, which would include Jill and Jessa Duggar, two of Josh's sisters who had leveled accusations against him. I think that's very interesting and worthy of note. So after all this has come out, after they've canceled the show... The parent company of TLC says, we're going to release a one-hour special. And not only that, we're going to highlight Josh Duggar's family, two of his accusers, to say what exactly their experience was with all of this. Now, keep in mind, 
I said at the very beginning, the Duggars don't watch television and their children's internet usage is closely monitored by the parents. The family's known for having a tradition of courtship instead of dating. So it doesn't really necessarily like any of us, we go on dates, we go out and meet the person or there's a number of ways to meet people. Their means of interacting with potential significant others is a little different. It involves prayers and hymns as part of their daily life. They consider themselves independent Baptists, which means they don't follow any specific branch of the Baptist faith. And they're getting all their information secondhand through their parents. Their family is receiving news and all this information through a drastically filtered outlet. They're not even hearing about this probably in the same time as the rest of us are. Word of the allegations came out amidst the growth and popularity of the show on TLC, which is actually funny to me because it's right as the show starts to peak, all of this comes out. I shouldn't say funny, it's coincidental to me. But Josh Duggar was forced to confront the accusations about his misconduct for the show to be able to continue unimpeded. This is a quote from Josh. 12 years ago, as a young teenager, I acted inexcusably, for which I am extremely sorry and deeply regret. I hurt others, including my family and close friends, Josh said on Facebook in 2015. Kate, you mentioned, and I think it's again worthy of note, the show, the network, and the family themselves have all received a lot of criticism from the public for even having this show run after these accusations came to light. And then when it came really to the public eye in 2015, that was when it started. The backlash really hit them. This is a quote from Josh and Anna Duggar. Being in the public eye, people often disagree with our beliefs or the way we have chosen to live our lives. Our goal in life is to share the hope that we have in Christ and to use whatever platform he has given us to do. Basically, they're saying, despite all that, despite the accusations, despite the fact that it might be true, our goal in life is to share the hope that we have in Christ and to use whatever platform he has given us. They're, they're planning on keeping this going is what it sounds like. If there was no accusation, there was no back and forth about this, they would still have a show and this family would still be promoting their beliefs. Michelle Duggar, when asked if having a large family was harmful because of overpopulation, replied that she does not feel overpopulation is a problem. I think too much of your family may be a problem, Michelle, but let's just leave it at that. Michelle replied to that after these accusations came out when she was asked, do you think that this might have contributed to this happening? That was her response. During the fallout from the In Touch report emerging, Jim Bob had his own response. He said they wanted to sue, which I find hilarious, to, quote, protect juvenile records because mistakes juveniles make when they're young should be sealed. What about protecting your two juvenile daughters? Right. Who were victims of your son? Right. That's what I'm thinking, Jules. At what point does their well-being come into play here? Are we just ignoring the fact that... I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole, but it seems like pick and choose when they want things to apply. They want his record and his reputation and therefore the family's reputation to be protected but they don't want to protect their daughters who were victimized i don't know that's all i'm not going to go too far into that one thing i will say is that i think they absolutely protect 
certain children over others. I think that's obvious. If you listen to the interview that Jill and Jessa did, they are railing against the media for releasing this and the fact that it was leaked and all of these things. They're not very critical of Josh, which is its own issue. I do think from their perspective, I completely understand why they were so upset about this being leaked. They were told that their testimonies would be private. And this is, I mean, taking away all of their beliefs and everything, stripping that all away. They are victims. And the fact that they were victimized was released to the public without their consent. These things that happened to them were told to the world without them necessarily wanting that to happen. Aside from how horrendously the family mishandled things and the background that goes into them being so defensive of their brother, I do agree with them on that point, that this being released to the public when they were told that their testimonies or what they told to the police would be private, particularly given how sensitive the topic is, I do think that that is wrong. I think that the conversation that this then sparked has been productive in some ways, but there also does have to be the acknowledgement that that was done at the expense of their privacy. There are a lot of complicating factors around that, but ultimately, I don't think that it was right that they were outed as victims without their consent. Right. We've talked about that actually on a previous case, Kate, where it's protecting victims for the sheer purpose of not having to expose them to all of this, to have them not only deal with the trauma of the first incident, but then to have to rehash it multiple times over for the media, for anybody who might ask, bringing that. uh, I mean, I, I personally could not imagine having to recount these things especially the betrayal of knowing it was your brother. And it even says here, Jessa and Jill, who were later interviewed and were part of that special that TLC did, they were younger siblings. They also spoke with Fox News, and they claimed that they were two of the girls that Josh had molested years earlier. Jill, who was 24 at the time, said the news coverage of the police report was a, quote, Revictimization that's a thousand times worse because this is something that was already dealt with. She continued, and this part is really what blew me away. We've already forgiven Josh. We've already moved on. So yeah, that shows to me that they were giving this dude a lot of leeway. I mean, he was accused, admitted, had no problem staying. Yeah. But I, I was young teenager. I made some mistakes. I acted inexcusably. I'm sorry. And his family, and you got to wonder how much of that was coerced, basically was told, hey, just, you know what? Forgive him because we've already dealt with it. It's done. I absolutely agree that I think it's obvious that they did not actually deal with it. You can't just erase something like this from somebody's experience. They're going to experience trauma from what happened. And 
just insisting upon forgiveness and pretending it didn't happen. And okay, we've moved on. It's done. We're not talking about it anymore. That's not actually going to be healing for them. I would question whether or not they'll ever really get to deal with it. As an aside, Jill has actually had a bit of a falling out with her family in recent years and has denounced some of their beliefs and has stated that she goes to therapy. Kind of interesting to think about that. I would think that in addition to having to unpack and deal with what initially happened to her, I do think that all of the media coverage about it probably was a re-victimization and probably was incredibly traumatizing, even if it did then lead to a greater discussion and more criticism about these religious beliefs and a productive conversation that still was done at their expense. Absolutely. It's basically going back through the trauma. I can see why even now it's probably hard for them to talk about, but when we consider the fact that simply being involved in this family kind of goes along with keep your mouth shut, go with the flow. If you were even a victim of something, which we don't necessarily believe you of that just because you say it, it's not best for the family. It's not best for the belief system to bring that to light. If you're taught that your whole life, how do you defer from that as an adult, as a young adult, no matter what trauma you experienced at the time? So worthy of note. Kate, you mentioned it because it does kind of go into a little bit more about Josh's background and about who this guy was as a human being. In August of 2015, Josh came out and admitted to using, quote, cheating website, Ashley Madison, which you've never heard of it. It's a website where people went to meet fellow incognito counterparts. Let's just leave it at that. You wanted to find somebody who was in the same boat as you and you wanted to keep it on the DL, that's where you went. He then also admitted that pornography became a, quote, secret addiction for him. In December of 2015, the first season of Counting On was primarily actually centered around Jill and Jessa, his sisters. Josh was never featured on a TLC program again after that, but many other members of the family eventually became cast members of that reality spinoff. So at the time, again, Josh is still, a, he's a relevant, I mean, he's relevant to the family, obviously. He's the oldest kid, but while not being on television, he's still involved and he's still in the media to the point where people are asking him questions and he has to admit that he's using this website. So fast forward now, three years after this article came out on In Touch, after a thorough investigation of the allegations, after all this has been played out in the media, finally some action was taken. In 2019, April of 2019, agents of the Department of Homeland Security executed a search warrant at Josh's car dealership. His computer was seized, and the warrant even extended to searching his place of business for evidence of inappropriate actions or exploitation of children. So they searched his business first. A DHS agent later testified that both the HP desktop computer and Josh's personal MacBook laptop had, quote, accountability software installed, which that is, the program is called Covenant Eyes. It's designed to and implemented to monitor the internet activity of people with pornography addictions. 
The program then sends a report to, quote, an accountability partner. In this case, the internet usage was report was reported directly to Josh's wife, Anna. That's like, what? Like, A, this dude had installed his own software to track his porn addiction. A. B, he's then having an accountability partner who also gets to see what he does and has to keep an eye on him so that he's not doing it too much. C, biggest caveat of them all, his accountability partner was his wife. So every time this dude clicks on a link, collegesluts.com, his wife gets a notification. What? I I picked the first thing that came to mind. It's not a personal search history of mine. Leave it alone. I'm just sitting here. I'm blown away. I mean, as if any of this has not already been shocking to me, I'm blown away. This dude has a public accusation of having molested and actually been admitted to it, not just accused of, he's admitted to it. Now is out in the public light saying, I, yeah, by the way, I also have a porn addiction. Oh, and whenever I tap into that carnal side of life, my wife also knows. She's well aware. Not only is she not aware, she's my sponsor, AA, but my porn sponsor, where I have to tell her every time I do it. But isn't this the same woman who doesn't believe that he has a problem? Right. Exactly, Lise. That's where I'm coming. What? Okay, whatever. April 29th, 2021. Josh Duggar is arrested on federal charges of receiving and possessing child pornography. He pled not guilty to that. A day after, April 30th, various members of the Duggar family share statements about the new allegations against Josh. They said, and I believe this was Jim Bob that said, we appreciate your continued prayers for our family at this time. The accusations brought against Joshua today are very serious. It is our prayer that the truth, no matter what it is, will come to light and that this will all be resolved in a timely manner. We love Josh and Anna and continue to pray for their family. Josh was released from jail pending trial on May 6, 2021, with the provision that he stay with a third-party custodian, wear an ankle monitor, not have internet access, not have access to any children save his own, and even then only in the presence of his wife. He's on pretty strict lockdown. On June 29th... Sorry about the third-party custodian. So he was staying with a family who attended their church, and interestingly, their daughter at some point, I think it was a little bit before the trial, the daughter of the people who housed him during this time married Anna's brother. Yeah. And then they made some weird Instagram posts about how their marriage wasn't arranged. So pretty significant conflict of interest there. What the hell? I'm ha- oh, my God. Don't you think somebody in one of their families would step up and be like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. There's a lot going on right now. Maybe give it a little time. Maybe see if you like somebody else. <laughs> I mean, again, we're talking about a, a family whose belief systems are obviously different from our own. But I'm looking at this and I'm saying, how could anyone in their right mind not 
stop that from happening. If that's my sister, brother, cousin, I'm stepping up and being like, yo, have you been reading the papers? Do you know what's going on with this family right now? You want to dive into that? I don't know. I don't know. But thank you for that, Kate. That That is a very interesting tidbit because that, that even further it accentuates the point of what the hell? Two months after Josh was arrested to the day, June 29th, 2021, TLC officially canceled Counting On, ending the series after 11 seasons. The family's television career is over, other than what we read in the headlines about Josh. His trial was fanfare for the media to explode in the spotlight. The family's fame had obviously rescinded somewhat at that point, but Josh's arrest was still headline news. His trial actually only took 10 days from November 30th to December 9th. This just wrapped up about, what, two months ago, guys, from where we're recording right now? December 5th, 2021. This was the most damning evidence that came against him. Despite all the past history, which again, we don't know what was all admitted in court, but I don't think it matters, honestly. Anybody that knows who these people are knows that this family has had this issue in the past, Josh. But a Department of Homeland Security agent, I should special agent, I should say, testified in federal court that Josh downloaded and possessed 65 images of child pornography and a two-minute video featuring young girls between the ages of five and ten. What? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So as if we didn't think this dude was already a little disturbed, that is the nail in the coffin for me, just simply because of the age. I mean, those are young children, young, young children. When the initial allegations back in 2015 came out, I think the general thought was that most people assumed that he probably was not a pedophile, despite having molested his sisters at a young age. A lot of people viewed that as likely a crime of opportunity and not necessarily him being actually attracted to children, especially because he was using his Ashley Madison account to try to have sex with adult women. When it initially came out that the car lot had been raided. A lot of people assumed that it was because of financial crime, either on the part of the father or Josh, 
that was probably what this was going to be about. I, I don't think that the concept that he molested his sisters because they were victims of opportunity is unfounded. I think that was totally plausible, especially because he had a history of trying to initiate illicit relationships with adult women. A lot of people were really surprised when it came out what the charges were for. There's definitely a question that we can get into later about whether or not those initial incidents informed his sexuality and who he was and what he was attracted. In that same regard, Kate, I feel like you're talking about like the opportunity and his sisters being available. What it seems to me is as soon as Josh got the opportunity to have unfiltered access to the internet, he acted like a monster because as we said earlier, the family, when he lived at home, he had to, you know, those guidelines set in place by his parents. It feels like as soon as he got loose, he went wild. Imagine what would have happened and could have happened if he had unfiltered access his whole life. Yeah. As soon as he had the opportunity to look at child porn, he did. I don't know. Just something that. It's I also, we I mean, it's notable too that they're religious beliefs allow essentially no healthy outlet for sexuality until marriage. Right. So there's no way for their kids to explore sexual interests or thoughts in a healthy way that doesn't harm other people. You would have to imagine that the way that someone's brain and sexual identity would develop as a result of that is probably really disturbing yeah very true there's so much to dive into here i mean honestly there's only so much we can say about him and the family but to me it's just mind-blowing that there's only so much you can do until these crimes are actually committed like there were all the warning signs there was all kinds of ideals that or questionable about this family. Then you see this guy acting like this. And am I shocked? Not really. But am I, am I horrified? Absolutely. Am I shocked? Not really. Let's talk a little bit about the sentencing. And what we believe was real. And should have happened. On November 9th, 2021. Josh Duggar. Who previously admitted to multiple incidents of molesting minors. When he was as young as a teenager was convicted of receiving and possessing child pornography. Josh is currently facing up to 20 years imprisonment and up to $250,000 in fines per count leveled against him. His sentencing is expected in four months, but a date has not been scheduled pending a pre-sentence investigation. I did want to say here that we will obviously come back and update you guys on a future episode whenever something does come from his sentence. But we see at least that he was convicted and faces up to 20 years. So I wanted to kind of touch on eye for an eye based on that. And then I have some questions, as I always do. My first question, do we believe in America that everyone's system of beliefs, even those as radical as the Duggars, should not only be accepted but displayed on television as almost a sideshow. 
kind of like Kate described, like, look at this weirdo family. They're kind of like a sideshow. Do we believe that everybody's system of belief should be accepted and then highlighted to that degree? I think we have to accept it. I think that's one of the beliefs and principles of our country is having, you know, the freedom to do whatever you want in that regard. I think the line got crossed here, but that could have happened in various other settings. That the fact that it's displayed on television is a whole separate issue because I think we, there's something about that that we, as a country, if the show wasn't successful, they wouldn't continue to air it. People are kind of drawn to that. Not necessarily that, but the, the unique things we were rattling off earlier. But I think in basic terms, we have to accept their system of beliefs because that's a basis of our country. In general, the show was not to push their religious ideology. It was to show a family with a million kids and how crazy that is. How did they do it? The wonder aspect of it. I don't think it had anything to do with their religious affiliation. I think that's why some people grabbed onto them more. I'm not going to speak on the way I feel about religion, but it's definitely not the way people who uh, idolize them think. I don't think the show was started to push their religious ideology. I think it was just, hey, here's a family of 19 kids. That's going to get attention. And then it happened to be that these 19 kids all have issues beyond measure because a lot of them have trouble with the law as well, not just Josh. I don't think what TLC was doing was pushing their religious narrative. I think that unfortunately came with the territory. I don't think that that really mattered in this case as much because that's not what the show was intended. It wasn't go to church with the Duggars. It was watch this family eat breakfast, go on camping trips, go to the mall, go to the grocery store, watch them live kind of the reality what we love reality tv is a big thing for our culture that is how i feel about tlc broadcasting them or giving them a platform i think it was more just because of their kids less because of what they believed in as people i completely agree i think there's a difference between how tlc viewed it and how the duggar family viewed it i think for the duggar family it was meant to be a form of ministry but for tlc it was just kind of look at this crazy family and they definitely did i think keep it from ever getting too negative or out there in terms of not showing how they discipline and things like that but they did show them as kind of this crazy zany family the duggars viewed it as this is our chance to get our ideology out there. And like I said, there is another family who is very similar, but they are on a Christian channel and they aren't shown in this freak show kind of light. It's very positive, wholesome family, which is arguably a scarier recruiting tool because they just seem like this wholesome family that has a lot of kids and their way of life seems really great on their show. I think as far as accepting the view, all religious viewpoints, I think that we have an obligation to do that up until it starts violating the rights of their kids. One thing that we didn't really talk about 
very much in this episode is the way that they educate their children. So their children are homeschooled, which can be a completely valid way of educating your children. But the homeschooling laws in their state are very minimal. And you can tell from watching the show and then learning about the education system that they use and hearing the kids talk now that it really was not sufficient. It was not meant for them to be able to establish any kind of independent life. I think that that's by design. And I wanted them to be extensions of the family at that point. Right. Keep teaching what we're teaching. So I think that their right to a sufficient education was violated. Their right to be kept safe was violated, depending on how you feel about corporal punishment for discipline, a lot of people would say that they were physically abused. And parentification is a form of abuse as well. They missed out on a lot because they had to raise their siblings. There are certain aspects of the way that they raised their kids that I don't agree with, but would feel that we have to respect. But I also think that there are a lot of things about the way that they raised their children that violate the rights of their kids that's where people have to step in and be willing to say you don't have the right to treat your children this way they are people not just physical extensions of yourself i think that's a great point kate i think it really goes back to and and that's kind of why i asked the question at what point do we draw the line? I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we can accept everybody's beliefs for being unique, different. I, I hate to use the term radical because radical to me, I mean, th this might be considered radical by some people, but there are radical ideologies out there that believe you should kill people that don't believe what you profess to believe. I totally agree with you that when it comes to the point where like the children's well-being is under scrutiny, which obviously it was here from a very young age for most of them, that's where we have to draw the line. I appreciate that. I think you guys all hit the nail on the head. We have to accept people's beliefs for being what they are because this is America. I mean, we all have our own unique beliefs on things. I think accept is not the right word. You don't have to accept someone's beliefs. You just have to know that other people have beliefs. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of beliefs that I don't accept. I think accept is the word. Understand is the word that I wouldn't use. I accept that that belief exists. I accept that you believe it. I don't understand it. I certainly don't agree with it. But yeah, I mean, we can. I guess for me, acceptance and ingredients is kind of the same thing. Yeah. I, no, you're right. I mean, de depending on semantics. I, but I can't think of the word that I'm trying to think of. Yeah, it's semantics. But yes, word. everybody has their own viewpoints. Everyone can have their own opinions on things for sure. Uh, that we have to like tolerate tolerate that's better that's a good word yeah i mean we talked about the same sort of dilemma in other cases where we've talked about who the hell was it that was looking up different ways to cook people yeah which time gilberto valet or uh the other guy i don't have to understand why you do that but it, it the problem becomes when the line is crossed. Right. And that's what Kate was getting at. The line was crossed when your beliefs impacted the lives of your children in a way that they didn't get to choose. 
But arguably that's from the day they were born in that certain sect of religion based on their ideologies, it seems. So they're, they don't know better. That That's a great segue to my next question because it kind of talks a little bit about how the upbringing and the kids' life up to a certain point, when they're young versus when they're, like Kate said, basically told, here's your buddy, you keep an eye on them, that's your responsibility now. For those who plan to have kids in the room, some do, some don't, how do we feel about the disciplinarian beliefs that this family subscribes to? Is it better to raise children in a stricter household or to let them have some own this their own decision making abilities? What do we think, ladies? I think you can be strict without saying, I'm gonna hit you, and if you keep crying, I'm gonna give you another reason to cry. That to me is not strict. That's sick. Yeah. So I don't think there's wrong there's anything wrong with a strict household, but what they were doing was not having a strict household. They were having an abusive household. Yes. Yeah, I definitely feel a certain way about this because the way I was raised, I've never been a proponent of spanking or any type of corporal-type punishment for your kid. Actually, studies have shown it's not effective in any type of way, but that's also a conversation for another day. But I think we talked about earlier, it's all about this seems to be the child rearing here seems to all about be all about fear. It's fear mongering basically your child from as early as you can possibly get them to understand. I think their way of upbringing is absolutely not something I would ever condone or do. And as you see, look at how many members of their family struggle with significant issues, whether it be child porn, whether it be abuse physical abuse of your your kid one of the other sisters was just arrested for something it's just kind of look at how they were raised and look at how the family turned out not saying that's always how it happens but there are studies that show that that kind of discipline does not always raise a a successful child well put kate yeah, I think that one thing that I heard, as I said, I'm also on gentle parenting TikTok for some reason. I heard the term high acceptance, high responsibility, which is where you have a very high threshold of acceptance for your kid's behavior, but you also employ natural consequences for behavior that allow kids to become better people and mature people by understanding the consequences of their actions rather than fearing misbehaving. Nothing about the way that they discipline their kids actually teaches them why a certain behavior is wrong. It's just, I know that if I do this, I'm going to get hit. And I know if I do this, I'm going to get hit rather than when I push my sister down, it hurts her and it makes her not want to play with me anymore. I don't think that that teaches you to be a good person or understand the consequences that your actions have for other people. It's also really horrifying to think how much the way that they discipline their kids discourages critical thinking and freedom of thought 
in general. The goal is to have the kids have as little processing time as possible from command to action and just to immediately obey their parents. I definitely agree that there's nothing wrong with having a strict household, again, high responsibility, but also acknowledging that kids are kids and they're learning. I mean, how many times do any of us know what we could be doing and not do it? We can't expect kids to be better than we are. That's kind of the point of parenting is to show kids the natural consequences of their actions and help them to make the best choices for themselves and um, for the people around them. I don't think that the style of discipline that they use accomplishes that. I agree. Well said. Honestly, by all three of you guys, I think that was very poignant. I agree with everything. I won't even comment on that because God willing, I will never have kids. My third question, and this kind of shifts a little bit away from the Duggars because I feel like we've talked a lot about them and their culpability. I want to ask a little bit about does the Discovery Network and as the parent company and TLC share any of the blame for the family's beliefs being so extreme and then the promotion of the beliefs having such a wide net cast due to television acclaim? So basically what I'm asking there, guys, is did that fame exacerbate these already extreme beliefs? And should they be held accountable because of how widely distributed they were as a result? Now we're talking civil suits, who we suing? I still, again, don't think the networks really had anything to do with necessarily the abuse allegations. Is that what your question is? is should they be held accountable for what the Duggars have not done as far as indiscretion? Necessarily, but I guess for these beliefs to have been so widely distributed, kind of giving Josh the opportunity, I guess. Well, I want to say like, what Kate was saying earlier is that TLC, at least because I've watched the show in the early days of it, I fell off the wagon really quick because I didn't care at all. But and it creeped me out, uh, rightfully so. We know now. But Kate was saying earlier, I don't think TLC and the Discovery Network as a whole necessarily like put them in a good light. At least personally speaking, the people I would talk to about this show that also watched it were like creeped out by by the family and by their dynamic rather than, oh, that makes sense. I want to follow that. Obviously, that's not the case for everybody because they did have such a fan base. So there is likely a good handful of people who kind of idolize this family. I think the only reason that I could understand, because again, I don't follow the same religious guidelines, would be the money and fame, right? They, of course, they made money off the show. They made fun, money off of all the spinoff shows. And I think our country's hungry for money and power at all way, at all costs at any turn. But I don't necessarily think Teal's put them on a pedestal in such a way where the majority was idolizing them. I think, if anything, it was intrigue, wonder, and maybe a little disgust at stop having kids. Why do you have 19? You can barely afford the ones in your house. But to me personally, I, I don't necessarily think they're culpable for having helped them spread their ideology. Yeah, maybe these people shouldn't have a, had a platform. But if anything, it helps uncover all this 
horrible shit that was going on underneath the surface. Because if they didn't have such a platform, maybe Josh would still be free because there wouldn't be any focus on him. No one would be researching into him. No one would be coming out with allegations against him. So maybe in a way it helped. But unfortunately, I guess we won't know because they do have such a platform. But that's just my opinion on it. I think it it can go down the same rabbit hole. It's like, do we blame video games for violence? And then where does the line draw? Where we blame PlayStation as well? Because they, I don't know. I think it just can kind of spiral out of control. My only criticism is I think they probably should have called it quits earlier. All of the shows and the spinoffs and all that kind of junk. I think to place blame on them is not appropriate because like i said it, it just is like a, i don't know a spiral i think that's a great point jules do we blame the gun manufacturers for when there's a mass shooting do we blame video game companies and promoters for people being more or less conditioned to violence i should say it's a great point kate what do you think i don't know i would say that i think there's a difference in the way that the family was portrayed in the original show versus Counting On. I think they were portrayed a bit more positively in Counting On, and there was more of an effort to highlight the positive of growing up in a family like that. Oh, look how much fun it is, and there's so much support and whatever. I think there is some, depending on how much TLC knew, I think there is some culpability for portraying them as just sort of this wacky family because I think by highlighting those how eccentric or non-mainstream the family is it kind of made people think that that's all that it was it was a pretty effective way to hide some much much darker things that were happening so I think that to some extent they're culpable for that of course nobody wants to watch a TV show about people beating their kids. So I think if they had been 100% honest, it wouldn't have even been on TV. The way that they showed it made people think, yeah, this family is a little weird, but that's all that it is. When in reality, that was not all that it was. There is some culpability for that. And I don't think that, I don't know how I feel about them helping to spread their beliefs I guess I would have to see a little bit more objective information about their influence. Now that all of these things have come out about them, I think it has started a public discourse that will in the long run be positive and beneficial, but I don't know how much they're responsible for the Duggars gaining influence i think it's kind of hard to know how much influence they really gained over people's beliefs obviously they gained a lot of fame and notoriety but did people start to follow this belief system because of them i don't really know there may never be a way to quantify that that's the other thing we have to say we don't really know if anybody did be like, oh yeah, it makes sense. They have 19 kids and their belief systems are actually really sensible. The reason I ask this is because it's almost like, you know what, in America, we have this culture, who can we blame? 
where it's very obvious who should be to blame Josh Duggar to some extent, maybe his parents to some extent, maybe Mike and Debbie Pearl, maybe my only thing with TLC is they didn't do enough background research. As soon as you find out there's potential for misconduct, allegations of abuse, any type of just uncertainty about, is this family really the best people we should be putting on television and giving them three spinoffs and making them America's home family? My only contention, and again, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. My only contention is just that had they done their research, maybe they would have kept it to a one-hour special as opposed to giving them 11 seasons of TV to basically run free with their beliefs. Whether their beliefs have spread is honestly tough to answer because I've heard from multiple sources that the growing fundamentalist Christian movement in America has actually received a lot of acclaim. And I don't mean the show. I mean that sect of religion has grown in America, despite the fact that we're living in a contemporary age. I think that's interesting. I think that's worthy of note. But as far as blaming TLC, no, I don't blame them. I just thought that was worthy of asking the question, what do we think? Should they share some culpability? So kind of going along with that and them being on the show, having these religious ideologies, having so many kids, I asked the question, what do we think of Josh Duggar's upbringing? I mean, what, what can we say about this cat? Is he a product of his environment? Or was he a predator who was protected by his family's status? What do we think, guys? Can you repeat the question one more time? Yes. What do we think of Josh Duggar's upbringing? Is he it's a product of environment? <laughs> yeah. In short, it's fucked up. What do we think of his upbringing, though? Is he a product of his environment or a predator who was protected by his family's status? Can it be all of the above? Yes, it certainly can, Lise. I don't necessarily think if you're brought up in this fundamentalist religious cult situation that you'll become an abusive child molester or whatever the hell he was because he did molest his little sisters. But I definitely think it played a role. I think that kind of upbringing, personally speaking, makes people more sneaky. It makes, I mean, you have to be because your family's watching you like a hawk at all times. You're never really away from them. You're homeschooled. The other part of that question is, is it, is he just a predator that his family protected? Yes, I think his family has protected him. Even the interview with the girls regarding his abuse within the family, you can kind of see that there is still this air of protection from Jim Bob and the mom. I watched the interview when it aired. But I think that, like I said, the other part of that question kind of goes to the more of the psychology on how why people become predators in the first place, right? Where that sexual deviance comes from in general. And I don't know if that's necessarily linked always to upbringing or if it, it's situational or dependent on if maybe whether Josh was abused physically and we don't know or something like that. So I think it can be both. I think both he's both a deviant and I think it does have to do a little bit with his upbringing. But I think the psychology goes beyond that. His parents did a lot to protect him, even at the expense of his sisters, which I find disturbing on a, a million levels. But I think that the, we've seen this same, not, not necessarily with all of the same details, but we've seen the same thing play out 
in a variety of people from a variety of families and upbringings. And I don't think we can really say his upbringing caused it. Did it contribute? Sure. Was it a part? Sure. But I think because, I mean, he could have been Josh Smith growing up like in a city. I don't know. To me, it's just, we've seen this before, unfortunately. So I don't think that his upbringing is necessarily to blame. But like I said, I also don't think it helped. I think they were sheltered. They were trained to obey. And it's a sad upbringing. I don't think it helped any of the children. I don't know. Those are kind of my thoughts. They're disjointed. So I apologize. I think that there's definitely a combination of his upbringing versus just who he is. I think that if it hadn't been for his upbringing, it wouldn't have gotten this far. He wouldn't have had so many opportunities to offend because any family that valued their daughters a little bit more would have put a stop to it. One thing that makes me think that his upbringing was more of a part of it it's something that Jim Bob said during the Megan Kelly interview, I believe. He says that he they know of a lot of families that this has been a problem for, which I think he says it to kind of minimize the situation. When you give it a second of thought, that's pretty horrifying and makes you think that for people who follow this belief system, this is a common issue. And... I absolutely think that not having a healthy outlet for sexual exploration contributed to the initial incident. As far as that goes, that I could probably more strongly attribute to his upbringing. As far as the charges that he got later for child sex abuse material, there are plenty of people who had incredibly traumatizing upbringing that never victimized children. As someone said earlier, there are plenty of people with normal, healthy upbringing that do victimize children. I think that he was able to get away for it, with it for a long time and probably more protected by his family than most people would have been. When you look at the way that they attempted to defend him during his trial, it was basically just, I'm going to just deny this and hope that it goes away. I don't have a final question for you guys of eye for an eye yet because we don't have a conclusion. So this is one of those open-ended eye for an eye that we're going to continue to keep up with as we move forward in time and as the case progresses. A couple others you'll hear about will be doing Gabby Petito's case which will kind of be a blind eye, but we'll be referencing it as to, as it develops. We'll continue to update you. So we appreciate you guys jumping on with us for this part. Kate, I don't know if you can chime in real quickly. We might be having an audio issue, but thank you so much again for coming on, for suggesting this case, because it was literally news to me until I started delving into it, and it was really awesome to talk about. We spent so much time talking about murder and really... Sad cases. This is absolutely a sad case. However, it's a little unique because it's in the public eye and it's also something that doesn't involve death. So I think that's also kind of unique. We don't just talk about dead people, folks, even though Haley Joel Osment in the Immortal Words, I see dead people. 
but we will continue to update you guys. Thank you all again for listening. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you, Kate, again for being on the show. We loved having you. Come back again, literally anytime. Shout out the gang. You have no choice. You're stuck with me. We're family. Um, Thank you guys again for listening. As always, rate, review, subscribe. Share this with somebody. Tell us a little bit about our, give us some feedback. Tell us about whether you like. We don't care. We want to hear what you think. Thank you all again. Best wishes. Stay safe if you're experiencing uh, Winter Storm Izzy right now out here. Some of us got to go shovel some stuff. Did you just name it or is that its real name? No, that's its real name. Yeah, no, I don't have that fond name for this storm. <laughs> for 12 hours. Kind of wish you did. Izzy had gotten real close. All right. Thank you guys again. All the best. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.